What do you think? I think we're dead meat. Real dead meat. You're dead meat! Go ahead and laugh, you guys. If I ever find a little bastard, it's business. Dead Welcome to the Dead Meat Podcast, an extension of the YouTube channel Dead Meat. I'm James. I'm Chelsea, and we are engaged, and we like to get scared together. Mm-hmm. I've heard the name a whole bunch online from fans and such, and I had no idea what it was, but people kept saying it was metal, mm-hmm. and then I started seeing some screen caps of uh, of PG himself, Psycho Goreman, crazy-looking uh, monster guy. Yeah. And I was intrigued. And yeah. People said we would love it. I, yeah, this was one I kept getting told, like, this is, this is what you're looking for, pretty much. Because mm-hmm. I just, I love movies that shred. Like, I, I want a movie that's, yeah, that could be described as metal. And I, I, I'll be honest up top, this wasn't quite my, my speed. I think that. When it started, we were having a good time. Yeah. I think by the time it ended, we were a little deflated. But then sitting here rereading my notes for it before we started filming, there are a lot of things I wrote down where I remember both of us like really enjoying it. Oh, yeah. So, There's like plenty I enjoy about it. I just think the way it all comes together is ultimately kind of... I was. I don't know. I was I, like left wanting. But there's in, there's like things in it that are very cool and awesome yeah i think the ending is a letdown for me like the whole end sequence and then throughout the film you know bless these kids hearts but the main characters of the movie are two kids who i'm not great with kids ages but the girl has got to be 10 maybe yeah it's a lot of dialogue obviously written by an adult being spoken by a kid which like that can be done well, and it can be funny, but I just didn't... I don't know. It, I think, yeah, it was tough. It was, like, you know, lots of kid acting, which is not to rag on the act. Like, the actors themselves are children. Yeah. But <laughs> you, can, like, you can never really blame the kid actors. No, that's that's that all lies on people making the movie being able to gauge whether or not something is working or if you know, that specific kid is able to pull off this material. You know, like, that's... Yeah, they've got to communicate the ideas well enough to the kid for the kid to interpret it in a way that gets them the end result they want. Yeah, and maybe this was the result that they wanted, in which case... I think it was. I don't... It's not my thing. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, you and I have kind of particular senses of humor, and uh, I can see this movie being super funny for people... Um, and it was, there were moments that are hilarious. Uh, I think, I think PG, the character himself. I think PG's great. He's fucking fantastic. I I wanted more PG. Yeah. And more of all the other Glee clubs. And you get a decent amount. Yeah. And, uh, if they made a sequel, I would watch it because Mm -hmm. I'd be excited to see more of PG himself. Well, we'll kind of go through the movie Mm -hmm. itself. Because again, there's plenty of stuff I liked. Um, but I guess as long as we're on that topic. Yeah, I think... A lot of the characters in it didn't like all belong to the same movie, mm-hmm. or just they weren't like like the the tone. I didn't quite get because it's weird. The first ten minutes or so, perfect. I got you know, and I was I was excited for the rest of it. I think the opening is really strong. You think Crazy Ball is strong? I mean, yeah. When they when they find the mm-hmm. the thing in the backyard and 
we have the kids communicate through Morse code and that's it sucks that that's ultimately the most we ever really see the kids have any kind of bond it's like the nicest she ever is to him that was the other thing was when this started i was like and i also misinterpreted the parents relationship and i was like oh cool we have parents who love each other yes and it's like siblings a different who love movie. each other and then that's not the case the parents they are at each other's throats each other it's and then so the sis- weird yeah the sister's really mean the to the first brother t- yeah i the exact same thing i thought it was like a whole a family that loves each other and kind of rags on each other and they're fun but yeah but no, no i miss they're really hostile <laughs> the entire movie, and it's not fun to watch. And, uh, you know, we'll go through it in a minute, but it was written and directed by Stephen Kostansky, who is part of the filmmaking collective Astron 6. And, you know, they've been doing a lot in the horror genre. They made The Void. The Void, yeah. Which I watched with patrons a while back, way back when uh, some milestone or another we did, like, we tried to watch live streaming mm, movies. Yeah, I thought that was part of the live stream. Yeah, and it uh, it was enjoyable. A lot of cool practical effects. People always recommended recommended it to me saying, if I love the thing, I would like The Void. And it was pretty good. I liked it. They also made, and specifically Steve here, Steve Kostansky. Leprechaun, right? They made Leprechaun Returns, which, I mean, not to spoil my own Leprechaun ranking video that I'm going to release this year, but might be number one. It wow. fights, it's fighting for wow, the top your spot. your number one wouldn't have Warwick Davis in it. That That's is the blasphemous fucking That's part. That's kind of fucked up. I know, it really is. I, I don't, I haven't made my decision. I think yet. mine's got to be in the hood. Yeah, in the hood is great. It's great. Yeah, we'll see. I can't even, I literally can't even remember if I watched. I vaguely remember there being a Jennifer Aniston's daughter character in mm-hmm. one of the many Leprechaun movies, <laughs> but they're all just kind of a blur <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I watched that one. Well, I'm rewatching them now, so maybe you can catch that one with me yeah. on my second go around. But I really enjoyed that movie. Yeah. Leprechaun. So I remember, yeah, you really liked that one. Yeah, I thought it struck a great balance of gore and humor, and the humor in that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know. Did he write that? Um, I think so. I'm not and positive. did he write this? He did write this. Okay. Yes. I mean, that can also... Oh, no, you know what? He didn't write Leprechaun Returns. That was written by uh, a woman, Suzanne Keeley, who I, I'm not really familiar with. I think she did an episode of Ash vs. Evil Dead, because mm-hmm. I remember looking her up, but uh, no, so he just that directed that. That might explain. Maybe. And I'm, I'm saying this as someone who also cannot fucking write. Like, I, I can't really write. I'm such a visual-type uh, filmmaker. Per- mm-hmm. Like, if I... You know, I, I the ideas I always come up with and ideas that I, I came up with in film school were all extremely visual. And, like, I needed writers to help me flesh stuff out. Like, I would have ideas for, like, this would look so cool. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, but I need a plot to hang this <laughs> on. I probably could take a shot in experimental filmmaking where there's not, <laughs> there doesn't have to be a plot. It just has to be, like, 10 minutes of shit that looks cool. But so I, you know, I, I'm not uh, saying that, that that makes him any less of a capable filmmaker i just think you know some some filmmakers do better with adapted material i'm trying to th- there's um scorsese does not write his scripts kubrick kubrick does not either at least i don't think yeah. scorsese really writes at, at least most of them yeah so uh i guess we can set up the movie right yes. pg psycho gorman that is its full name by the way pg colon psycho gorman and uh Keska say. And it's... Yeah, that's all I could think of I know. the whole time. 
So it starts with like a sci-fi scroll kind of giving us the lay of the land and it talks about a planet Gygax and a dark leader who was imprisoned. It's very kind of like Dune or just fantasy sci-fi type stuff that's like, you know, weird sounding words with lots of syllables and it just takes itself seriously and there's a mythos. I want to clarify. What? Sorry, just so I... (laughs) uh, Scorsese, he has written some of his own movies but they always have a co-writer okay that's what i so that's what i'm saying is like just because a director maybe isn't great at writing their own stuff by themselves Mm -hmm. like apparently neither scorsese and he's scorsese so and i would even be hesitant to say that mr kostansky oh no not yet yeah because this is i think this is an accomplishment of writing just because of how well it nails this sci-fi fantasy. Yeah, he definitely nails this kind of like Power Rangers type (laughs) feeling where, yeah, it like takes itself so seriously that it becomes very camp. And I will say that it, it is impressive to me, and this is where I think the writing is really strong, that this movie somehow does the cheesy on purpose, but it doesn't feel like it's trying so hard that it's not fun to watch or Mm -hmm. where it's like, because it would be easy to make it too silly, but it really truly feels like they wrote some like legit lore for this guy. And the way it's presented is so serious and like so, like like it's a metal album cover is like, that's what makes it so funny. And that's, I wanted so much more of that. And that's another reason why I said I would watch a sequel because yeah, it feels yeah, like there's too. material for a sequel. I would watch the the thing of this. You know, like how uh, with Buzz Lightyear, he has like the little TV show that's like oh, Buzz yeah. Lightyear, but it's like in space. It's like who it's the like it's K-fabe. like the character that the toy is, <laughs> yeah. and it's that's like what I would watch of. PG. That'd be cool. They should make a show like on Shutter. Yeah, of, that would uh, be it'd be a really expensive show. That's the other thing. That, yeah, I can't tell if the things are like if if the design and the characters and stuff. I mean, that had to cost something. I don't think this is a particularly large budget film. No, but it looks. But I, I think they stretch that that money. That's in perfect yeah. Ways. That's another thing that I think is so cool about this, and I, I think is something really special about it. And why I can't be like, oh, I didn't really, you know, like there is stuff about it that, yeah, I really, I really love and think is cool is it's, it's all practical. There's like some CGI, but that's for like lightning bolts or whatever the fuck, like, you know, stuff where it kind of has to be fake. The characters are all practical. They are running around in, like you said, Power Ranger suits. And I'm sure there's a better reference point of something that Power Rangers kind of rips off itself. Yeah, but that's but my that touchstone my is Power Rangers. Thought. Yeah. yeah, these these monsters and and what's really cool is all the unique designs of the aliens and monsters. There are a lot of just very different aesthetics to them all, and I buy that they're all different races. It, it reminds me of like that was always the thing that drew me to Star Wars over Star Trek was because uh, in Star Trek felt like people with like just some makeup on. Whereas Star Wars, you go in that cantina, yeah. you go in Jabba's palace. To quote, we hate movies. It's Gleep Glops. Gleep Glops. I gleep like my Gleep Glops. Everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And, and Psycho There's Gorman. There's so many Gleep Glops. Has great Gleep Glops. In here, I even wrote, <laughs> what do I have to do to be cast in 
shit like this. See, you want to be a Glee Black. Yes, I all would... I want is to be, I know you want to star, and yep. I, that's And make... I don't want to sit in a makeup chair for five hours. And I'm very, yeah, I'm very happy for you. <laughs> but I want to be a Glee Glob. I want to sit in makeup for like 10 hours and then act for like one. Yeah. And my acting is all just like sitting at the Galactic Council or like yeah. the Senate. I love the the Templars as like a race. They're like robotic angels. Yeah, they're like, yeah, it's kind of cyborg angels. I think there's been things like I've seen that concept before of like a race of kind of like angelic beings who actually are extremely evil and but. Or so are so uh, their sense of morality is so They're so lawful good that it's like they fish hook theory or like horseshoe (laughs) theory, not fish hook. That would be like if they became centrists. (laughs) But they like horseshoe theory where it's like, oh no, they're like straight up villains because they abide so hard to this rule. I mean, they're they're crusaders. They're, Mm -hmm. They're that kind of like moral warrior where it's like in the name of good and holiness no you're just doing a genocide kind of thing yeah so after that text crawl setting up the sci-fi element we meet our our kids who are gonna be hooked to this whole movie and luke and mimi and mimi yeah mimi's the younger sibling probably by a couple of years and uh is definitely the more aggressive one and luke kind of uh uh, what's the word? Kowtows? Is that? He's kind of not a doormat, but he's maybe just he acquiesces to of her. her. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely been made the like. If if they have like an alpha and beta type, he's just like you know. If I play along, maybe she won't like punch me in the neck and try and give me a swirly kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. And they're playing crazy ball, which is, a, I think, Kelvin ball. It's Kelvin ball. Yeah, yeah. just all these made up rules and stuff. And uh, I did get a laugh out of like, oh, I got a butt bonus. <laughs> butt bonus, yeah, because that's such a thing that, yeah. Like, that <laughs> felt very real to me, this game with, like, stupid nonsensical rules that, I mean, it's kind of just how all games start is, like, you know, two people just kick around a ball and then you just add rules. And as you go on, it's like a game of memory or, like, that that game where, you know, where you're, like, you stand in a circle and you're like, I'm going to the picnic and I'm bringing blah, blah. And then you go, like, I'm going to the picnic and I'm bringing you know you say with that person and you just keep going until you add or like that's how you memorize everyone's names yeah that's to me how all games end up like because you just add rules to make it more fun and over Mm. time it's just then to like learn them all at once is impossible like like fucking uh uh craps like the history of craps (laughs) yeah because we love playing craps and we go to vegas and the rules of that are just what there, there's yeah. not any a cum line what yeah there's a cum the cum vet cummy vets yeah <laughs> we call them cummies when we go to vegas yeah, and to, everyone hates it just to clear that is our word that is not yeah don't, don't go do to not go to the casino and, and ask the dealer cummy about cummies yeah. don't do it um but yeah like i was looking up the history of that game and it's the same where it's just they just add because you're a sailor or whatever just playing <laughs> that on the deck of the ship with your other crewmates and you're bored as fuck so you just add more rules yeah anyway games <laughs> <laughs> uh she wins because she was always gonna win and makes him like dig his hole. own grave yeah, which i think is own. very funny and that's when they come across the entombed uh a bad guy Peach, yeah, very 
Wishmaster. Oh yeah, gem. the gem that she gets. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a little bit of a reference to Wishmaster because there is a very which I love. There is a reference to Phantasm in this that I was oh yeah very excited about. So I wouldn't be surprised if there was like a Wishmaster type. Yeah, there's some Wish stuff going on. I mean, he's got Wish. PG has Wishmaster vibes. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I would love to watch those two just. Like feed endless feedback loop, but like, it's like when you hold a microphone up to a speaker. That's like what those two would be like talking to each other. Just <laughs> so we meet their parents when they put them to bed. Yes, Susan and Greg. Yes, very parent names. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, at this point early on, I don't picture Greg the way he ends up being. No, not at all. And that's what makes it very confusing later. And I think because I wonder if if because this first. 10, 20 minutes, I think, is the strongest of just... As far like, as the character humans, wa- Yes, yeah. as far as the, all the people and, yes. and just the through line of the story. And, yeah, it just feels the most confident in itself and, like, even in terms of tone. And it's also... Yeah, it's weird that it's also the moments where you think the family is all still, like, pretty chill. Yeah. But yeah, you have like you have Luke asking the dad if monsters are real and Greg's like, Well, you know, son, they say that actually humans are the real monsters. So yeah, I would say monsters are real. And mom has to be like, Okay, no, so what your dad is saying is that no monsters are, are not real. And it's a funny and I, I you know, and I read that as, Oh, these parents have kind of a funny back and forth adversary, kinda. like in a way that you do if you're married to like a friend or something, you know. It's yeah. that's yeah. But, but then later they like hate each other. Yeah, he's mm. an asshole. He's the worst piece of shit. And he's written to be the biggest, not even like piece of shit husband in the way you're maybe thinking if you haven't seen this where like he's abusive or no, he's, he's lazy. Just a, the thing. He just is like a fungus that exists <laughs> and you have to feed it. Well, yeah, because the next day when he's trying to get them to fill in the hole and they all like they all like vote for dad to fill it in ah funny and then he starts and then he's like oh i hurt my hand i thought that's the parents being like ha no kids you gotta fill in the hole that you dug your dad isn't gonna do it but no then the rest of the movie has like a cast on and is using it as an excuse to not do anything and the wife is getting upset about it yeah and it's this weird b plot of this wife dealing with her husband who doesn't help whatsoever with the kids or with the housekeeping or anything and then and that kinda, doesn't go anywhere yeah it kind of it boils to like an uncomfortable point where yes, they this, seem like they're about to get divorced or something or like she's gonna she's leave gonna him. leave yeah but then and then the, we just stop then that's it the end of the movie I don't know why they reconcile other than it's the end of the movie and they're, have, they're supposed to. I have rewrites for the end of the movie. <laughs> I have I have really good I I have a very good idea for how you like this would be my my big note for if I was like a if I was a suit and I was given <laughs> that this is my that my should I do you want me to just like or do you want me to wait till let's we wait till there? we get to the end okay. yeah because I'm curious though yeah but so it it sucks too because at first I really liked Mimi at first. Well, she has this line delivery when the mom calls the game the wrong name. She's like, She's oh, like, did you play Silly Ball silly or something? Silly Ball, yeah. And she goes, it's a crazy ball or yeah. something. And and I just got such like a, oh, yes. Like that's that was so me as a kid. Well, it's funny because that line delivery is buck wild. It's so funny though. It's funny and I laughed really hard when it happened. But also at that moment, I was like, 
uh oh, is she just gonna be a crazy character? And that's lo and behold, thing. she is. It's I mean, that's the hard part of directing kids. And again, I'm not gonna blame any of this on the kids. I think I think the way culturally we talk about kid actors is really fucked up. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. e- like reviewers and just like people are so poor Jake Lloyd. Yes, like people are so cruel to child actors. And in every other respect, we tend to understand that kids are like, kids are kids and they're barely responsible for themselves. And and you have to kind of, you know, assign most things about them to like the adults that are in their lives influencing them. And or just like, you know, kids are kids, they can't really make decisions on their, they're just, Mm -hmm. you know, but when there's actor kids and they're famous, all of a sudden it's like fair game to just lay everything terrible about something they're in on them. And mm. that's that's like a fucked up thing to do to a kid <laughs> who is a kid. And in all other respects, we understand that they don't have that kind of agency. Yeah. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think of Jake Lloyd. I think of like Mara Wilson, who is Matilda, talks about the way that people talked about her as a kid and how it like really fucked her up. And Well, that I don't even think was a like, she's a bad performer. That was like more of a... Like, sec- I mean, sexualized. Yeah. But even still, like, I mean, she, she would talk she's talked before about just like oh the annoying kid you're like the precocious yeah. kid and oh god we hate this and mimi kid. is an annoying precocious kid but yes. i'm not gonna but, blame the actor and what that. i think it is is i think there's moments where this works very well and i think it's hard when you're directing this is again this is the hard thing about filmmaking you are shooting all out of order Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> compared to I, we literally were just talking about this when I was a kid I thought that films were filmed all completely in order like, like every shot like you shoot yeah like you shoot like someone says a line and then you set it up the other way and they say the next line that it's... would take years to film <laughs> and if I had if I was like Elon Musk rich I would finance a film to be shot like that just to see what happened like boyhood yeah. but like let's shoot it all like extremely chronologically every shot every shot order. just to see what happens edited in camera yeah it's exa- yeah like yeah no post-production it has to be done in camera fuck <laughs> it would be so bad um yeah. but oh god what was I even saying uh oh yeah so you're filming yeah. all of, yeah and so when you're even directing adults like when you watch a movie and sometimes you're like, I don't quite understand like who this person is or mm-hmm. where, and it's it's hard. And that's something that is like a good actor is able to look at their script, understand what they're filming each day and mentally because they've kind of gone through their script and they know, they, they know their character. They know like where that character's head is at in that particular scene. And that's hard. It's so hard, I, especially if it's like you haven't shot other stuff yet. So you don't have that to kind of mentally Yeah, if you're shooting compare. the ending first, the big emotional ending yes, where your character so is affected weird. by everything that has happened in the movie but that you haven't, you haven't filmed yet experienced yet and that's you real haven't, hard like and because part of acting is like letting yourself live in that moment and if you haven't lived that moment yeah yeah it, it's hard but also that's that's where the direct that's a big part of the director's role is keeping track of where everything is in the movie and also if you have a, a character like mimi and part of what you think is very funny or appealing about them is they're extremely like they're up here they're playing up here like understanding how much of that is enough and where to use it in mm-hmm. the script and it's that's hard to do again when you're kind of shooting not you know not all at once and then you edit it together and it might be like 
fuck <laughs> like this is how we shot it and this is again i don't know if that's the deal they might this is that might be what they went for and i just personally don't like it but yeah anyway yeah long way to say that's not the kid's fault yeah and just that it's i think the biggest uh downer on this movie for me is maybe just the reliance on mimi as a crazy person yeah it's mimi as a kid that you can direct to say all kinds of like just weird kid stuff and i also think i'm spoiled because we've been we've been rewatching malcolm in the middle oh. <laughs> and cuz malcolm in the middle is one of my favorite sitcoms it's fantastic i am so happy it still holds up i watched it religiously while it was on and that's when where i was like man i hope this is still good cuz it's kid a- it's kid actors like dewey and that is younger than these well no he would be like their age maybe a little I don't know. I don't know. He also looks younger than he is, I think. Okay. Dewey. But they're they're like young. They're comparable. They're like basically preteens that first season. Yes. And that sh- that show just, you know, they they work so well with those kids and those kids even when it's scenes or whole episodes where it's just the kids are so fucking funny even mm-hmm. to an adult. And not because they're precocious, but because their delivery and Therefore, whoever's directing them or writing for them is like they have such like a, yeah, that show's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do love though when they, when they find that glowy coffin. Mimi is like I or no, Luke was like, oh my god, is a grandma? Is she coming back for us? And the BB's like, I told you, grandma's in hell forever. Yeah, and I again, <laughs> I still am like, I think because at this point, I'm still like relating to her as like a former young girl mm-hmm. like and that that's something that i think is sorely missing in media and what why i like pen 15 so much is because it's truly one of the only shows and i mean that's adults playing yeah younger but but still it's depictions of these like early teen girls where they are weird they are absolute assholes to each other sometimes and they you know they're I don't know, like they're just as like weird little cause if you imagine Mimi as like a boy, the initial like maybe weirdness of her, I think, feels less weird if you kind of mentally imagine that character as a boy. Then that behavior starts to feel like, oh yeah, she's like a little boy. She's, you know, getting all dirty in the backyard and bossing around her kid brother. And I I, I just think like, oh cool, it's we're we're showing a, a younger girl who and she's not even like a tomboy. She's not like a ew, girl stuff is gross. She's just a fucking weirdo, which is the case for most young girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I do like that about her. Yeah, it was just a little too much sometimes. Well, it's also before we realize that, oh wait, Mimi just is an asshole all the time. Yeah. She's not a nice character. No, and that gets tiresome after a while because they go out to the backyard and see that whatever they dug up has like escaped. It's it's PG. It's Psycho Goreman, and he finds like a like a gang of vagrants or something. Yeah, who have, he like, walks to this, people. and this is before he gets his name. He's just I forget what his name is. He's the uh, the, Archduke the Archduke of Nightmares, of Nightmares. which is fucking dope. That's like a name that the fucking like uh, BTK tried to give himself. Oh, God. The Grot Phantom. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking asshole. Uh, yeah, he goes to, it's like a, uh, it, it used to be a shoe factory. Oh, yeah. But yeah, he like finds these guys who I think they're trying to find stuff to like pawn or either like 
you know, turn in for scrap or whatever. And he just, I mean, this is when we get the first series of amazing gore. Yeah, he double decaps two dudes with his hands, just rips their heads I, straight I, At this up. point, I'm like, yes, this is, yes, perfect. And yeah, the, the like ripping these two guys' heads off with each of his hands, amazing. And yes. he looks so cool. He has like He's very red cool. veins that like glow. I... As soon as he started talking, this is my note. And his, yeah, his voice is This is, I have, rips these two guys' heads off with his hands, indent. Sorry, James, this is my new husband. (laughs) (laughs) I love him so much. I literally, he just showed up and started talking. I was like, oh my God, I love him. And we were just, we're rewatching Lord of the Rings extended editions. And I told, I told our social pod that, um, I think that we were kind of hot. I think they're sexy. No, no, no. You have to specify. It's that first one, the captain. Yeah. Whose name I forget. We looked it up, but I forgot his name, but yeah, it starts with an L. Alerts. Lurts. Yeah. He's hot. But then, because but then got, we watched Towers and there were more. Yeah, they're and not. And it was in, like, Chelsea, you gotta, they killed you gotta this qualify your statement. Okay? okay, but, and you know, this guy's in the same kind of like family. <laughs> and also, same with my Skyrim husband. My my husband that I married, my oh, NPC yeah, is uh, Gorbash the Iron Hand. <laughs> I think I have a type along with green guys. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, real quick, before we do our ads this week, I wanted to give a shout out to friend of Dead Meat, Andrew Bowser, who is currently working on a feature film. If you really like Psycho Gorman for its practical effects and kind of throwback style, you're going to really like what Andrew is currently working on. Onyx the Fortuitous and the Talisman of Souls, starring Onyx the Fortuitous. Or you may know him as the weird Satanist guy from that video where the Detroit Satanic Temple opened and there was that news story that honestly for years I thought that he was just genuinely a part of it and he is was a real person. But no, he, he is real, I guess, but he just lives in our hearts. I'm just excited to see my Lord and Savior Baphomet represented in such glorious Italian Stone. But this is going to be Onyx's motion picture debut. I'm very excited. I I love Andrew's videos. My personal favorite is one that he he edited himself into a story that was done at the Arby's where I grew up. Like it was my hometown Arby's, and I I'm obsessed with that video. Slam that data that data. We have Arby's boys. Anyway, if you want a chance to fund something really special if you're kind of sick of maybe the you know everything's got kind of a gloss on it a sheen maybe not as much time or care spent on the practical side of things this is your chance to help make the kind of movie you want to see more of you can check out the kickstarter at onyxthemovie.com i also have the link in the description it's gonna be such a fun movie and honestly the sooner we get it funded the sooner i personally get to see it so get on it our first sponsor this week is HelloFresh. James and I love HelloFresh. It's a meal kit delivery service. Everything is perfectly pre-proportioned and measured out so you don't have any food waste. That's a big deal. I always feel so terrible when I have food waste. And we don't have to worry about planning grocery lists, really. Uh, it's a lot easier to go shopping, especially right now when we don't even go to the grocery store. And then each meal takes 30 minutes or so. They even have 10 to 20 minute meals. And there's about 25 recipes to choose from 
from each week. So there's something that you're going to like. So if you want to try HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh.com slash DeadMeat12 and use the code DEADMEAT12 for 12 free meals. Just straight up 12 free meals, including free shipping. And once again, that is HelloFresh.com slash DEADMEAT12 and use the code DEADMEAT12 for 12 free meals. HelloFresh. Our other sponsor this week is Raycon, Raycon wireless earbuds. I love my Raycon earbuds. I've been using them ever since James got a pair of them a few years ago. I love them, especially when I'm doing stuff during the day, like cleaning or even when I'm vacuuming, I can still hear the thing I'm listening to. It's fantastic. They're even water and sweat resistant. So if you wear them to the gym, you don't have to worry about getting sweat on them and accidentally (laughs) destroying them. So if you want to try out Raycon wireless earbuds, Raycon's offering 15% off all their products for our listeners. And here's what you gotta do. You go to buyraycon.com slash deadmeatpod and that's it. You'll get 15% off your entire order. So go to buyraycon.com slash deadmeatpod. One more time, buyraycon.com slash deadmeatpod. Yeah, he decapitates these two dudes. He's kicking ass. He freezes another dude in like an endless state of uh, yeah, torment. Yeah, because the guy begs like, please don't, don't kill him. And he goes, fine, then you'll live forever. Which is the, like fucking cool. It's like- Which is great. And then when the kids find him, yes. he's like, he's telling them, oh, I have this man set up in an endless state of, and then they knock him over and he shatters. Yeah. It's so it's funny. So, that's so funny. Again, there are moments that I think are very funny in this. And- now that I'm thinking about it, there are moments that feel like they were scripted. That was part of the script. It was, I, I think maybe some of the moments where the humor were like, eh, I wonder if that was just kind of, we're goofing on set. It might be. Because I, I think a lot of it be. is with the dad. Like when the dad, uh, uh, he like microwaves some chicken for dinner just to show because how fell of a, a parent he is. And then it like messes up the microwave. And he was like, I was trying to cook a good meal for my family you're welcome and there's like a long close-up and he's like got a tear coming out of his eyes like so you're it's welcome and i was like much. yeah that that didn't work for me yeah yeah um <laughs> you almost started singing the song from this movie there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i hate that song i fucking hated that song I hate, man I, guys i absolutely hate hate the song in this especially when it's a movie that everyone's telling me is the most metal shit ever and then we have a song about heckin puppos or whatever they're singing about yeah oh using heckin as an adjective heckin number one die i don't forever. want it the fact that they made pg who is like one of the coolest original characters i've seen recently say the word heckin and friggin makes me want to die yeah that that's Fucking... the heckin and frig stuff just I let the kids it. say fuck. Just let the kids say fuck. They're already kids wild. Kids fuck is so funny. I'm going to let our kids swear. I'm sorry. <laughs> kids kids swearing is objectively funny and cool. And I hate, I just like frig and heckin'. Oh, God. Yeah, it's this. It's not good. It's, it's not funny to me. It feels a few because... years too late to be doing heckin'. Yeah, and even then I didn't love it. I mean, yeah. It was fu- it was funny for like a day and then it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, basically, when, uh, when they find PG... He learns that the gem that they have, the, what is it, the the uh, gem of... Para- Geminia 1? No, Paraxidic. Oh, Paraxidic. Yeah. It looks like it would be Praxidice, but no, it's Paraxidic. Yeah. And uh, because Mimi has this gem, she can control PG. That is the movie. 
little girl who is kind of a psycho can now control an interdimensional Which murder machine. Is- like, if you just tell me that concept, if you're, like, little girl finds, uh, like, digs up a gem in her backyard that controls the ultimate, like, the most evil being in the universe, and he has to, like, submit to her will. Ve- like, yes, I love that. That's so funny. It's a good plot. It's such a good, it, there, it's weird. I got shades of Monster Squad uh, watching this movie. Oh, yeah. The kind of, like, where there's the little girl with Frankenstein, although Frankenstein is a sweet baby and mm-hmm. isn't mean like PG, but just the, like, oh, we're basically adopting this, these monsters we've found and they're our pets now <laughs> kind, of, kind of thing. Yeah, it's hard for me to really pinpoint when the movie loses me because up to this point, I'm having a good time. Yeah, I'm still, like, we have, going going back, like, a, a scene to when they, they find PG in this warehouse because they kind of follow where he walked from the hole in their backyard and oh that that's when they workshop names for him while they're making him run in place and do jumping jacks which is kind of fun i did uh, yeah like the work workshopping the names i'm like it's not you know it's not it, i guess it's funny yeah because we just watched deathgasm for the commentary track and there's another scene there and i also similarly was like I don't know. Yeah, just coming up with, like, names is definitely... It's just a writer showing off. Like, it feels like a writer The best... The only time that ever makes me laugh if if it's, like, written by someone... If it's on, like, Tim and Eric where they are object... They make up the funniest names I've ever heard in my life. I don't don't know how they do it. They have an innate talent for just absolutely weirdo names. Well, also the the college or, or the football... Both yes, yeah, the the Key and Peele sketch. Yeah, those yeah are super funny it's too. yeah, those are really good. Um, but yes, yeah, so they come up with Psycho Gorman, and I that's when I realized in my head I'd been reading it as Psycho Gorman. Yeah, me too. <laughs> like that's actually his when like, last when they name. emphasize the man. So I was like, like, oh, that's how it's Psycho said. Gorman. Yeah, not, like it'd be like it. Yeah, it makes sense because he's it's like Batman, Spider Man, mm-hmm. like Gorman. But, like, but like I've been Batman saying Psycho Gorman and Spider Man sure. and Gorman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> same. Uh, this is when we are introduced to the Council of Intergalactic Beings who realize that PG has escaped and want to put him down. And this is more awesome gleep gloops. There's a brain in a jar. I love the, oh, I'm, I wish we got more of him. Brain in the jar is the awesome. The brain in the jar, I remember we were watching it when they showed him. I just went, oh, he's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they they settle on the uh, Templar Pandora, who, like we said, is a cyborg angel to go down and get him because she's of the race that originally enslaved PG's race. Yeah. And in order to learn what humans are, they just summon a random one to them. I like that. This is so funny. It's this It's this woman who's like transported to them in a cube. Yeah, bring me one of these humans. And, yeah. And the human is so <laughs> don't scared. Don't be frightened. And, yeah. She's like, don't be frightened. And then the cube just crushes <laughs> her to her death. into a meat cube. Yeah. I did notice in this scene, this like intergalactic council. I don't think that's even what it's called. I'm just calling it that. <laughs> There's, I think a, a matte painting kind of, if, if, I think it was a matte painting of like the big statue that's kind of standing over them. It's like when, when you kind of look up and the, the hall is very tall. And, oh. a, and I, I love, so much that that was a matte painting. It was just such a nice touch. It looked really... I mean, the production design of this a, movie. There's a little claymation floaty alien that comes in. I think oh, he's yeah. the one that brings the human. Oh, but yeah, he's yeah, like yeah. a little kind of um, uh, Harry, like Harryhausen looking little claymation. Yeah, there's great effects. Like, I love the no, look the effects of the, are the design. Truly amazing. And mm-hmm. um, the, yeah, the, the costumes, even when like... 
you know, there's there's plenty of moments where you can tell the costumes are made of, you know, like like a something that like you could make. A, I mean, you'd have to be a very advanced level cosplayer to do this, but it, I could tell it's like, oh, it's made out of some kind of foam, mm-hmm. and you know, so that it's like it's a cosplay armor type. But it, I love that. I yeah. love that it's not perfect, and I love that it's a little bit. You can see the seams, and it's but it that makes it look so good. Yeah, it's very Power Rangersy. I love it. Yeah, Mimi and Luke have a friend named Alistair. Which Alistair. is a cool name for a kid. Yeah, and also by the way, is this a period piece? Because when they first talk to Alistair, they're talking about uh this Nintendo sixty four game if he's beaten it or not. Yeah, I, so is this like in the nineties? I think so because I don't think we see. Any, any cell phones or and I the dad says he was in the Iraq war. Mm, he does. And I don't know if that was true or just him goofing around, but still I, that's I, the reference. I was point. trying to place this though. But yeah. was it was it Iraq? Could it have been the Gulf War? Oh fuck, maybe. That he might be talking about the Gulf War from the yeah. early 90s. Yeah. I just, you know, you say the Iraq War. Yeah. Int- yeah, maybe. Maybe it wasn't part talking about part duh. Yeah. This is when... Why do I have Johnny G written down? Oh, it's because it's the hunky boy. Yeah, exactly. That's when... Yeah, they leave... They leave... P, this is, I, I love... This is a joke I laughed very hard at where they... They leave PG alone in this warehouse where he just has to sit there and just watch cartoons pretty much on TV. And they, they're they like, here, here's a pile of magazines. And, you know, this one has hunky boys in it. Here, bye. And then PG goes, I don't like hunky boys. Or do I? And he looks <laughs> yeah. at Johnny G, which I is... I do not care for That picture boys. of that guy is so funny. He's just got, like, these kind of... Not even, like... uh tight denim jeans and they just kind of normal looking jeans yeah it was pretty funny or uh i will say that i have seen that line quoted on reddit unfortunately i did have hunky voice yeah so i knew that when it when it happened it had been lessened from familiarity but and that's still i have a note too that after i'd already fallen in love with him i was like oh no is he (laughs) like (laughs) god damn it they don't really bring back the hunky boys. No, they should have had a hunky. Well, he does like where they the I forget who I think it's one the final fight and Pandora I think so, like they get they get fucked with the magazines and he goes not my hunky boy. Oh, that's right. Okay, my bad. Yeah. Uh, all right. So they bring it back, but that's I almost fine. wish there was a final just <laughs> bring back the hunky boys. Yeah. Um, he gives them backstory and this is flashbacks, which normally it's like, oh no, not exposition and flashbacks. No, but this is the best. But they're fucking great because he talks about how he and his people were enslaved by the Templars and then he discovered the gem of uh, yeah. Praxedite. And I'm like team PG, you, you know, rise up. <laughs> yeah, because they're like the being fo- forced to build like pyramids. It's, yeah. it's very, yeah. It's very, yeah, it feels very epic scale. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, he basically just becomes Sauron, and he punches Gleeklop's heads off. It's great. There's I, a montage of murder of him going funniest. planet to planet. One of them, he's piloting a giant mecha <laughs> yes. that's just, like, stepping on people. It's so good. The various little scenes of him just murdering <laughs> all these other planets are really funny. They start to flash back to one later when they're sitting in the diner. He's like, you know, back when the I bridge blah, of souls. Blah. And it's the funniest And they cut shot. away, and I was like, no. Yeah, he's like. It's Driving. That's why it's so funny. But it's like him driving this little car, and then yeah. So I love, I love like PG. 
He's is great. great. I fucking love PG. all the PG, like all the all the PG stuff and all the other like monsters and all like that's all great. I just think it sucks so much how maybe it's honestly just because the third act was so for me really weak mm-hmm. that in retrospect it was like yeah because like I said we're talking about all this stuff and it's. It's like fun. it's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. It just kind of loses itself later. Yeah. Yeah. I do like this part where Mimi has like a crush on Alistar. Uh Alistair, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Just Alistair. Like Alistair Alli- Black. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's spelled different, but Oh, okay. is it? Yeah. That's oh. okay. I'll call him Alistair. Like uh the criminally underused Alistair Black. And uh she has a crush on him, but he's not really interested, and she asks PG to make him more affectionate or whatever and he just turns him into a giant brain with eyeballs yeah and then I think this kid he, is just a brain the rest of the thing maybe i'm mistaken but it's right after he's talking about some like he learned some art of whatever from the brain worms of i think janice oh. and he was like those were good they were good people <laughs> and i think he turns him into one of those okay yeah yeah, so he's just a brain for the rest of the movie, and that's pretty funny. I do like, yeah, he's this just shitty what looking did it brain. Remind me of, I don't know. There's, I don't know why it looked, and f- I was like, it just there's something that I, especially when he's walking away after they're like I playing did, on the like, playground. Yeah, yeah, it's so funny. He's just kind of sliding against mm-hmm. the ground, and then at the end of the movie, you're like, did they forget about Alistair? Nope. Post credit scene, baby, or yeah. like mid credit scene. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why he, I mean, he's not like Meatwad. He just, there's something visually <laughs> I mean, that he of. looks, whatever. Uh, my next section of notes is just the song. Is there anything in between there? Um, I have that. I came up with an idea for a rom-com where oh. <laughs> it's, it's PG, um, where he, I have, I have, he stays with me because I have the gem, but I realize. You, you Chelsea? Yeah. Okay. This is the movie. This is the sequel I'm writing. Okay. And I realized, like, I, you know, oh, he loves me because I have a gem. But then I realized later he had lost it at some point and he was choosing to stay <laughs> with me. Great. Okay, <laughs> so they get to uh, a montage where they're, like, singing a song. Oh, I hate it. I hate the song. So I did laugh. There is, like, a part in this montage <laughs> yeah, where we're... PG just literally explodes a girl in a stroller. Just, like, just annihilates this little kid. Oh, is that what happens? Because I, I have down that <laughs> no, he, someone is like, nice Halloween costume, and he just blows them up. Yeah. Was it, it, it wasn't a kid in a stroller. No, but like a th- there's kid. like a bunch of shots. Maybe oh. I'm misremembering, but I'm pretty sure he just totally decimates a kid in a stroller. I remember something with a stroller, yeah. yeah. But uh, the song, as sung by Mimi with PG on drums, is, I'm the heckin' best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I... Th- it sounds too much like Billy Idol's Rebel Yell yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah uh-huh. you know, yeah, <laughs> it started, I was like, is this a Rebel Yell take? I'm a Rebel, I'm a heckin' bad. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, I, I don't love the song. I don't love the use of Frig, where it's like, Frig off. Frig yeah, you. Because they, yeah, she's talking to him right before this and is telling him all about the F word and, Tells him about Frig. Yeah, and so it's Frig. So you can use Frig to Frig. It's uh, I hate it. Yeah, not the best. This if you're gonna have PG in a band, it's got to be more metal. Is the thing. It's, it's the the a lot of the movie has metal aesthetics. Yes, but it's not. 
but it's not metal. And then we watch Deathgasm, which is metal. It's a very it's a metal movie. It has its, its own again, issues. Again, it's not quite what I want. Sure, but, but it, it is, is metal. clearly about metal. It was made by people who and love I, metal. I just <laughs> I want because it's funny in that movie. One of my biggest issues was the the villain and the whole lore of that. I just didn't quite get or care and the find the villain reveal at the and seeing it was just like eh. Yeah. I I don't know. If I, you could combine if those you could two somehow movies. Somehow combine I think I I think that would be a step in the right direction for something just I would take actually the, the sheer enjoy. metalness of Deathgasm. Yeah. Like the shredding of it and maybe the characters yeah, uh, or at least the, the main yeah, character. Yeah, he's or fine. just like I—that's another thing. I think the kids in this in PG could have been older kids. Oh, so that maybe they could have like a band or something, or you know, they're getting to that where like she's mean because you know you're you're 14 and you're going through you know you have PMS for the first time in your life <laughs> and that sucks and it makes you a fucking bitch <laughs> and that you know that that's part of it and mm-hmm. um. Yeah, they're very young. Yeah. And so, and you know, kid actors is one thing, and then having your kid actors sing is a whole nother level, and they they, uh, subject us to it for a long montage here, and then they bring it back in the ending as like an emotional thing without even... Oh, I hate where it's like... It's it's like touching. Yeah, it's like... Hate it. No, no, I hate it so much. I'm sorry. I do well, not like. Now I know that if I ever want to like just kind of lightly annoy you, I can just sing about yeah the heckin' best. Ugh. I do like in this montage we have PG trying on different outfits. Oh yeah, that's and, funny. And he ends up in like the silliest outfit, the he, cowboy outfit, the Sam Neil from Jurassic Park outfit. <laughs> Dude, there's a shot of him. It's like before the cops show up. Where I'm watching, I'm like, "There's the kill count thumbnail." It's him with like with the, the shades and the, and the yeah, hat. It's, yeah, it's it's a it's, it's very it's well a good lit. fit. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. Uh, right around here, I have I don't know what's with the parents because I think this is that's when they're like fighting more. Yeah, and so she calls him lazy. That's when yeah, she he like makes dinner by microwaving raw chicken, oh. which is disgusting. And doesn't clean it up. She has to, so basically, it's just he and he's like, oh, you know, I, I I messed up my arm, so you gotta take care of me. And just he's basically just useless. Um, he's a piece of furniture that <laughs> breathes. And she, you know, and they get in a fight about it. And she, which you want if if you're writing him like this, yeah, you're writing it so it, you know, she can blow up on him. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I don't know why you're making him this infuriatingly useless yeah and unlikable and unlikable yeah he's not yeah unless they think like they might think that he is a lovable scamp really maybe i found him so upsetting yeah and if that's what was meant with that is like oh he's a good dad he's just lazy is like no he (laughs) sucks he's a horrible husband yeah she basically tells him she's gonna leave him and it's such a big blow up that i'm thinking this must come back late like this must be a thing or else why are we spending so much time with this weird domestic drama and yeah (laughs) it's not a thing at the end uh, a cop shows up, and I kind of like that the cop is uh, gets just their head fucked up, and then they're like walking around all messed up and have to follow along with them. 
Yeah. Oh, wait. Don't forget that right before this scene is when uh, Luke, in the middle of the night, is dreaming. Oh, yes. And PG can get into his dream. And he's like, this is the dream space. I can communicate with you through here. And this is the phantasm reference, the way which it's I shot. clocked immediately. Yeah, as soon as you- they... As soon as they cut to him in the bed, because he, it's a thing where like it cuts to the dream and it's really fast zoom out and the bed's, the bed's in the middle, in the middle of, of a and cemetery. In a yeah. And you were like, phantasm. And then PG walks in and is like, boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I, I liked. I, I appreciate it. I like the end of that too, where it's like, well, now what? Uh, wait just have for, to the wait for the dream to be end. over. And, and these they just sit corpses there. are on the ground just like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That was very funny. And yeah, I, I normally I'm like, uh, I could give or take a, a reference to like, you know, referential humor. I'm well, like, that's mm. such a But exactly, that's take. such a deep pull yeah, that deep that pull. is very funny. <laughs> and I appreciate That was the thing where I it made me do the, oh, I know that thing that just gives you a <laughs> shot of serotonin and <laughs> makes you feel good and is why people put references and stuff. Yeah, I was the Leo meme, <laughs> for sure. So then, yeah, yeah, that's when the, they, they're at like a parking lot or whatever and the cops show up. <laughs> PG, yeah, PG says, fuck the police. And he melts this cop. And the melting effect is very cool. This dude's just like wax. He's just melting. And, and he's just all... walking around all fucked up with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go into the woods where PG is, gets a visit from his former army but now they want to keep him imprisoned uh, by this little girl so that they can. I love how I forgot what their name is. They're like the army of something, but he had used them to help conquer planets. And so when they gave him this a TV, is, this is very funny. When they gave him a TV in the warehouse, His he was paladins. able to contact them and ha- and send for help and have them come here to help him. But when they get there, they're like, no, we don't want to help free you. We're having a good time. Uh, with our planet, we all take turns ruling it. <laughs> I'm so- ruling it now. You can tell I'm wearing the crown. I love the implication that they've achieved maybe other, just like universal peace with this like yeah. weird, like, yeah, rotational government where they all swap every week who and gets to wear the crown. It's so funny. Like, this scene is fantastic because it, it's very Venture Brothers. Because yes. not only do you have this, like, hilarious undercutting of PG's sinisterness and and these people being like, no, we're doing great with this funny system of government. Each of the characters are so uniquely designed. Mm-hmm. One guy's just like a bucket of body parts. Yeah. And then there's like- He just shoots blood out of these tubes. The <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there's a, a golden- robot yes, pirate he's Cassius like an automaton kind of even with like a uh a he parrot. looks like Ro- he looks like rob williams in bicentennial man but he's like gold yeah and has a parrot yeah it, it, it's great yeah the like weird like witch lady that with the face with the really wide eyes oh yeah it's creepy it looks a little bit like momo that scary yeah a sculpture that that was hot for like a month i i think about that sometimes and how wild that must have been and actually how fucking horrible it must have been for that artist. <laughs> I just wanted to make a weird bird lady. <laughs> and now parents are thinking I'm trying to like get oh. my get their kids get get their kids to kill themselves. Yeah, there's like, like a whole the satanic fuck? panic thing. There was, yeah. Um I like that the the gold guy stands there like an NPC in a game. Oh and yeah, he's, he's kind of bobbing. Doing the, yeah. It's great. I like this whole scene. It's great and he ends up killing them all. Yeah. And eating the last one because it's a warrior's it's death. It's a warrior's death. Yeah. Well, before, <laughs> I mean, he lets him get beat up first a little bit um, because I forget. I don't know. He, I mean, he's, he's She's a like dick. upset at him. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Um, 
this this is the whole conflict between Luke and Mimi. And- yeah, and that's why that's why PG appeared in his dream was because he was like, you know, your sister is awful, right? Fair point. And yeah, and you know that she would betray you in a heartbeat. Like if it was her or you, she would throw you under the bus any mm-hmm. day. And so that's a that's a thing now. And like fair point, mm-hmm. she we have seen her be nice zero times pretty much. Except maybe a little bit at the beginning where they feel a bit more like siblings who actually care. They're they're mean to each other, but they care about each other. Mm-hmm. But this feel this is like <laughs> she's... Yeah, because she ends up like at one point she tells PG to kill him and he like lifts him up. Yeah, and, and she does like... the Cersei, like, oh wait, I changed my mind. <laughs> yeah. Where that, that she does to Littlefinger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. She really does. She pulls a power is power type thing. <laughs> but yeah, there's great gore. He PG gets partially decapitated and oh, yeah. his head gets put back on, and it's just cool. You got like the the skin and like stuff holding it on. Still, it's like nearly headless and that kind of oh, shit. Yeah. Except just, like practical. <laughs> and um, yeah, I just this scene you could so easily. I keep talking about Lord of the Rings. It's because we're we're watching it yeah. right now, and also because that movie. There's also lots of weird creatures and mm-hmm. stuff running around that are all practical, and you could so easily cut this scene to go back and forth between the PG fighting the paladins in the woods and fucking the the, fellowship, the fellowship in the yeah. forest. It looks the same. It does, yeah. It's like the same <laughs> landscape and like time of day. It would be so good. Like you could have Aragorn just fucking fighting Psycho Gorman. That's so cool. <laughs> Pandora, the Templar, has visited Earth, assumed a human form, and has tracked down where PG is. So she visits the home uh, their home where the parents are. Yeah. And she kind of like tells them what's going on. And at, meanwhile, after PG got the shit kicked out of him, he's dying because of that. And also because he's not, he doesn't have the gem, you know, so he's not fully, he's, you know, it's not even his final form type. Like, oh no, I think they give him the gem to absorb or no, she's still kind of withholding it. Yeah. He's like the only way. Yeah, the whole because the whole thing is it's like he the only hurt. way I'll live because yep. I'm dying is if you give me the gem back, and that's the thing. It's like you'll just kill everyone, like you said you would kill everyone. Yeah. Um, but I do love that that scene. I don't even know if it's on purpose or not, but TG's just like, I'm dying, kids, and he's laying next to the river. And all I could think of was ET when they find that fucking awful like waterlogged ET puppet Ugh. in the river, and they bring him home in a wagon. That's just all I could think of. Is like I'm dying in this river it just it felt maybe like a reference i'm not sure but they get the dad to come pick them up and they they just need to surrender pg to uh pandora Pandora. and the mom like susan is like okay yeah come on greg get out of the get out of the truck and then pg's like well actually she's even more evil than i am and if you give me to her then you'll just end up doing endless servitude and that's when the dad makes them crack like oh endless servitude it's almost like being married to you susan which again i'm thinking okay this is going somewhere Mm mm-hmm but it doesn't. it doesn't. The dad's no. just an asshole for no reason. <laughs> yeah, so they drive off to go back to the shoe factory, and uh, the, the mom, Susan, gets, like, deputized by yeah. Pandora and turned into a robot angel type thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Luke's with her since he's had enough of uh, Mimi's shit. Mm-hmm. So now it's like the, the two sides are Pandora with uh, Susan. Susan as a, are, like, 
angel robot yeah. and Luke. And then the dad is siding with Mimi and PG. Right. And the dad's just siding on that side because his wife is a bitch, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I, I forgot this scene even existed, but I hate it. It just was like, it was the moment for me where the humor in this movie just felt like it just was like, it tanked. Like Uh-oh. I could just, even though it was like just the two of us watching, it just felt like such like lead balloon type where they're in the shoe factory and Mimi's like, dad, I don't know what to do. Do I give him the gem? And then he maybe kills everyone we know. Or do I give, you know, do we turn him in? And then we're just slaves forever. And the dad's like, well, I don't know. It's not this part, but the dad tells some like stupid story. about like one time I, there was a creepy guy who asked me to get into his van and I did. And he showed me a bunch of baseball cards and I learned to trust creepy weirdos and you should trust your creepy friend. And she's Mm -hmm. like, okay. But then she goes into this other room where there's a cross on the wall. Yes. That is literally my last note is crucifix scene. I hate this. It's awful. It's so, so she's so unnecessary. It's very unnecessary and not funny. It, It just, yeah, it just land. It just, with a a thud but it it just she's talking to her she's like praying and is like what should I do I have such a big decision to make and then it's like should I wear these sunglasses or these sunglasses and it's just precocious kid why am I even talking to you like I'm gonna wear these I don't even know why and it just was like okay there's no need for this scene it just it just I don't know it just makes her less likable and there's no reason. I, I don't. It just is like a joke for no reason. It's, but it's, it's just such joke. an obviously written joke. Yeah. That would only be like a human being would only do that if they were in a movie and trying to be funny. You know, like yeah. acting sincerely towards a crucifix and being like, I have such a hard decision to make. Like, how will I ever decide between these sunglasses and these sunglasses. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't do that on your own, and it's just such an old joke. It, and, do, it, felt, it feels like a very old-school yeah, joke. That I, I hated didn't. it. It was awful. Yeah, I, and, and once they get to the shoe factory, the rest of the, the movie is... The rest of this is... Bleh, I can't. I don't like it. The rest... This is, like... I already was, like, really wavering on the... On, you know, the, the I think the second act, realizing oh Mimi is actually just kind of awful and Mm -hmm. there's nothing to to like about her and not and like slowly realizing that the stuff with the parents is not gonna go anywhere after being baffled by it (laughs) for the last hour yeah I think that's when I I started to really feel pretty down on this as a whole which really sucks because like in reviewing it there's so much cool shit that it's a bummer that that's kind of what happens. Yeah, that was the takeaway for you. Is it just doesn't, it, it just all fails to come together that it really affects how I felt about the entire thing. Yeah. And that sucks. Especially because it's, you're the third act of this movie and you've seen so much crazy shit leading up to this. The third, like the end of this movie should be the craziest shit by far that you've seen the entire movie visually like and, and it's instead just, they play crazy they ball play crazy and ball. they re-sing that song 
And like he does when he he kills Pandora, he does you know eat her up as he a does, warrior's death. He does make her bones into a sword, which is cool. <laughs> that part is cool. I do like that. Bone staff. Yep. Shout out to Marta. That level of commitment. I want that entire finale to be. I I yeah. I don't like the crazy. Really ball. brutal. Yeah. Coming back. Although I guess, you know, that's what opened the movie. So screenwriter. We have Susan kicking the shit out of Greg because she's a robot alien. (laughs) And I'm thinking like, is she gonna kill their dad in front of me? That'd be be like too far. Like that'd be like, so where is this going? And yeah, she ends up getting demoted and uh when she gets turned back into a person, yeah. Yeah, because Pandora goes to like kill Mimi in front of PG because she's like Gary, and then Susan stops her and gets like turned back into a, a very slimy wet. Yeah, human, and that's when Mimi gives funny. PG the gem back. And mm-hmm. can, yeah. As long as he promises not to hurt their family, right? The rest of the world can go fuck themselves, which is what happens. It's kind of funny. It's yeah, like... is he? But then it's this whole thing where the end. So yeah, Pandora is dead, and PG has the gem back, and he says, "You know what? I learned what love is." being here with you guys and I'm going to use my newfound discovery of love to destroy everything like I came here intending to do. And then he goes through a portal and just starts, he just starts zapping, (laughs) you know, he just, and then I started blasting. I started blasting. Yeah. And like, I mean, I guess, but also what like power of love to just do what you were going to do. That it's was so unsatisfying. That was production starts next week. We need to so, finish the script the, here. And then the dad and the the last thing is like her, the wife helping the dad into the car and him being like, oh, honey, could could you get me an ambulance? My, my wrist is still like really fucked up. And it's like, even you know, and it just, it ends with him being, the last thing we see of him is him being the same piece of shit husband and the wife just kind of be like, okay, honey, let's get you in the car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's, this is, this is my, oh yeah. For this. So let's hear these notes. Yeah. So we get to the, the shoe factory. The mom's still a robot angel lady. And after the big showdown, like Pandora is defeated, I, I would have the mom not get demoted um, somehow. Like the mom is just stuck as this angel robot. And the dad is just too scared of her to come back and is like, oh, I can't boss. I can't boss around my wife anymore type thing. And then, you know, they they split. It's it's cool. She she <laughs> because that would resolve that shit because I'm expecting that to happen. And then PG <laughs> finds his, you know, he gives them the speech about I've I finally know what love is and I have found the power of love. And I'm I'm gonna use this newfound power of love to destroy to destroy you. And he looks at the two kids and they're like, "You promise?" He's like, "I'm not gonna kill you. I'm going to destroy you. I'm gonna marry your mom <laughs> <laughs> because that's like the ultimate thing you can do as a friend to destroy someone is like, I'm gonna do your mom right. <laughs> so he marries he marries their mom because she's an angel robot now, and they're together. And also now this is when they're the Gorman family. We can change Gorman to Gorman. So oh, I'm there Mr. you go, Mr. Okay. Gorman, and yeah. he's wearing people clothes. And yeah, he just he just spends the rest of their days destroying these children like he promised he would do with the power of love by being the most 
embarrassing dad of all time because that is the ultimate way to also just destroy your kids is being like a sincere but extremely embarrassing dad where he shows up maybe in the middle of one of their school dances to check on them or like they have friends over and he's awkwardly hovering in the doorway trying to talk while they're like we're trying to hang out with our friends yeah just really mundane stuff that's great i think that it could be him realizing that that is even a more that's a more potent form of destruction (laughs) is through love and just sheer humiliation than anything i'd ever done before (laughs) then it's just this small scale like yes being an embarrassing dad yeah i like it that's my ending for this movie and that sets up such a good sequel you Mm -hmm. got your family like wanting to get back into it after getting restless for a while you know being a dad Mm -hmm. that'd be great yeah and that's you know the mom would have stuff to do too Mm -hmm. because it can it's like oh she's had to be a housewife this whole time and take care of this guy but now she can go on you know maybe she power trips too hard or something and she's the villain in the second one and it resolves itself all good because i wouldn't want anything to happen to susan but (laughs) you know i don't know that's my that would be my note damn i like that i like that right we've gotten it i like that i I thought of that the other night just like the the destructive power of love to just yeah because it doesn't make sense the way it happens yeah and especially with him discovering what love is and realizing i i just think that's such a that's that's like the heart that's missing also mm-hmm. is that kind of really satisfying wrap up because I think when you have something like this with the kids, you want you want them to bond. Like you want there to be something, you know, you want there to be something. What, between PG and the kids? Yeah. And there's a little bit of it, is, but it'd but be nice to have that part of the conclusion too. Yeah. Instead and of him just going off to murder. Change and, you know, and have it be. Yeah, a little bit more character growth would be better. I mean, Mimi... I, I think it's true to her character that she's like, I'm not going to say that I'm sorry, but I'll yes. Morse code knock it. That's a good moment. I like that that callback I thought was nice, but then she started singing and I would it ruined it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. I think it could be like, I don't know. Maybe we could get a better sense of like Mimi doesn't have a ton of friends at school or something. And instead of like, realizing maybe she doesn't have a ton of friends because she's very abrasive that that she just doubles down on that instead and just you know pushes people away and oh i i like not having friends it's better you Mm -hmm. know kind of i mean that's been done before but still it's something to make you at least feel for her and yeah yeah, i don't know those are my those are my studio notes for i just i just i truly thought he was gonna end up being their dad yeah for real well i think that's a little bit uh you know well, fantasy fulfillment there on your end, <laughs> well when they're when the, they show the husband and wife fighting i'm like oh perfect he's yeah. gonna like stay there and be their dad when you said that while watching it, i was like yeah that makes sense yeah oh well it's a it's a fine movie it's a very good display of those effects yeah i i, I accomplishment think, in that right i think the reason that and I, I i feel bad whenever something like this happens where it's a movie that i um because i i I don't like just ragging on a movie where I can tell where I can tell there was effort mm-hmm. put into this. Clearly that's the case. And also a lot of you listening really enjoyed this movie and I I don't like episodes where I'm like I I have a lot of problems with it and this is what the podcast is for so I'm I'm going to talk all about them but um you know there's plenty like there's plenty that I did like and I think maybe the reason I'm I'm just getting so like nitpicky and into like what I really didn't like is because 
the stuff in this that's good is so good that mm. it frustrates me that this movie just didn't yeah yeah just did didn't quite stick the landing you know because it's so close to something i would really really love understandable we enjoyed it a lot more than willie's wonderland yeah i didn't like which we can't start talking about nope but uh yeah i hope we did the movie justice we liked it we had our issues but that shows that we pay attention i'm down for more pg yeah give us more pg and give us more dead meat podcast considering what the next episode is i am so fucking excited oh we're allowed to say yeah let's say it okay next week we will be interviewing bria grant yes i am so excited i'm so excited i because in our we did like a kind of lightning round movie review and in that episode because it was just all the movies we'd watched during october which is a ton of horror movies it's october uh-huh. and i i think yeah 12 hour shift i i mentioned was probably my favorite that we'd watched that entire month yeah i absolutely love that movie i cannot wait to talk to her all about it i just i just re-went over it because i'm also going to cover it on the kill count that yeah. same week i recommend you rewatch it because it is it it's so enjoyable it's i so love good. going through it's so fucking funny yeah and then i'm excited uh She's in a new movie coming out that we haven't watched yet, Lucky, mm-hmm. which will be premiering on Shudder, uh, I think maybe when you're listening to this, but very soon. And not only does she star in it, she co-wrote it, which I didn't okay, know. Cool. So I'm very yeah. excited about it. I, I love her stuff. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, 12-hour shift. I just, especially because, yeah, we just finished an episode talking about a horror comedy that, you know, and I, I'm I'm very picky with horror comedies. I don't like most of them, so mm-hmm. you know, don't feel bad if you like this. And I I just do not like most horror comedies. Twelve Hour Shift is extremely funny, so and it, it just funny. hits that exact little <laughs> spot that gets me. It like genuine laughs. I think we have a very similar sense of what's funny, especially in a horror movie. And yeah, I don't know. I'm excited to talk to her. I just, I'm just excited to potentially meet someone that I'm like, we're, we're on this, we're like, you know, similar uh, brainwaves, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So very excited for that. Tune in next week for that. And in the meantime, watch 12 Hour Shift. Please watch 12 Hour Shift. And I'm assuming if watch you like, Lucky. If you I like Coen Brothers it. movies, you'll yeah. love 12 Hour Shift. That's it the is thing. the best example of like being clearly inspired by Coen Brothers, but it does its own thing, mm-hmm. It's which is hard to do. It's easy to imitate <laughs> Coen Brothers. Plenty of people try, but this is, is such like an in that style, but not, it's so it's so good. I love yeah. it. Yeah. So check that out and tune in next week. In the meantime, you can also follow Dead Meat on social media at Dead Meat James on Twitter and Instagram, which I'm trying to use a little bit more. Instagram? A little bit more. My mm. mods told me I need to be more social media active, so mm. I'm trying, Liz. I need to be less social media active. <laughs> I honestly want to delete my Twitter, which is at Carebex, C-R-E-E-P-E-C-C. Um, follow it while you can. Follow it while you, yeah, get it while it's hot. I just, I don't know, what a fucking, like, despair app. <laughs> it's just like a nightmare every day. And someone someone tweeted today that it's like, the it's like Hotel California. I'm like, yeah, it totally is. <laughs> like... I think it's also just uh, what else can we do all day right now? Mm-hmm. Probably a lot of other stuff, but still, that's how I. That's how I. Like I've made so many new friends during the pandemic over Twitter, mm-hmm. which has been which is cool. I love the fact that I've been able to meet new people while we've been locked inside for a year. But it, 
that that sucks. <laughs> I I look forward to meeting my new friends I met over Twitter and having it probably be just like real awkward in yeah. person at first. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, yeah, follow me there before I decide to just totally nuke my account. <laughs> and email her at deadmeatpod at gmail.com telling her don't nuke your Twitter account. Uh <laughs> until next time, I'm James. I'm Chelsea. And this has been the Dead Meat Podcast. <laughs>